Welcome to McKnight's Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information from industry leaders. Hi, this is Lois Bowers, editor of McKnight Senior Living, uh, and welcome to our McKnight Senior Living Newsmakers Podcast. We're here at the American Healthcare Association and National Center for Assisted Living Convention and Expo, speaking with Denise Boudreaux-Scott, president of DRIVE. Denise, I wondered if you could um, talk a little bit about the difference between culture and engagement. I would love to, Lois. One of my favorite topics. Um, culture is defined as how we work around here, and engagement is defined as how we feel about how we work around here. And so, very often, when I was I was an administrator in assisted living and, and skilled. And, um, 17 years and we would look at engagement all the time but it's really the culture that we want to look at because it's driving engagement and I'll give you an example um, engagement might tell you that um, my boss doesn't care about me or communication isn't good but culture would tell you we have blame we have bullying here we have job insecurity so you could put in all the communication programs you want if you have blame and bullying and job insecurity, though, people are going to be afraid to speak up, and no matter what communication program you have. And how can senior living um, companies and communities foster a culture where people want to work? Yeah, yeah. So this is my my life's mission. The thirty something years I've been in this field, um, by truly becoming organizations where people can be their best. I think we have, uh, unlike any other field the opportunity to grow and nurture people. I know through the uh, research that we do that people come into this field with values, personal values of caring and compassion. And so often we don't get them, they don't get to live those values. It becomes very task driven. Um, people want to feel important and valued. We know that through their personal values. And um, so the opportunity to do those things in our field is like no other. And so when you think about, if you look at a job ad, if you went on Indeed right now and looked at all these different job ads or most job posting sites, you could just change out the organizational name and it would be the same thing for every one of those organizations. So why not look at your organization and say, what makes us special? What's our secret sauce here? Um, what's unique about us that we can put that in an ad, that we can tell stories about that during an interview, that upon orientation we're sharing how people are able to bring their compassion to work here or their caring nature to work here. Um, so there's a, a lot of opportunity for us to really set ourselves apart. You cannot have that at nothing against Walmart, but you don't, you don't get that at Walmart. You don't get that at Taco Bell or factories or Amazon or wherever we're losing our people to. And so, um, but we, we have to bring that to the forefront. We have to market it just like we would market to residents we want to come and move in. A lot of people think of culture as kind of a soft characteristic, but you've done some research and um, how culture is related to occupancy. Could you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So um, we actually have a white paper um, about this on our website, but it's interesting. We were um, working with a company, uh, JEA, out in Washington State, and a um, great organization, and they have 50-something uh, sites, um, memory care and assisted living. And as we were reporting the results out to them, their culture measurements, the uh, VP of sales and marketing was in the room. And so I would say, you know, this site had great, really thriving culture. And she said, oh, they're always full too. 
and then we get to the next one. So these guys a little need a little help, and and she said, you know what, occupancy wise too. And about the fourth time it happened, I thought, okay, that's you know like a two by four to the head. There's a message there, and so um, we took all that information, sent it to a researcher, and said, will you look at this for us and see is there a connection here between occupancy and their culture score? And indeed, there was that the thriving strongest cultures had 94% um, average occupancy and the cultures that were struggling the most had 66% average occupancy. So a really significant difference. Culture also drives turnover, it drives the ability to recruit people because people want to come work for your organization or they don't based on what their friends tell them and what they experience when they walk in that door. How do we work around here? It's going to keep them or drive them away. It drives productivity. It, dri it drives literally every single financial um, measure that you can imagine in your organization. And, um, and as I like to say, it's, uh, we guess that culture. It's measurable, but we guess it with our guts. And we don't guess our financials with our guts. Nobody ever said we had a great quarter or a great year financially. I can tell it in my gut. But yet we have no problem saying our culture is good. I can feel it in my gut. And so I want, my mission in life is to bring the ability to measure culture to be the same as you would look at any other financial. You don't go weeks without knowing your occupancy um, to have that financial measure, the measure of culture be just like any other financial measure in the organization because it's driving every financial measure. Thank you. Um, so what advice would you have for leaders in senior living who are interested in improving their culture and uh, recruiting and retaining staff? Yeah, so a um, couple simple things, uh, simple things that will make your, uh, your smoke come out of your ears. Um, go on and apply for a job at your organization. See what that experience is like. Pretend you're going on as a dietary aid, nursing assistant, whatever it might be. Go on and online and try to apply for a job and see what that experience is like. How long does it take for someone to get back to you? Uh, how many clicks do you have to make in order to actually apply for a job? How much information do you need to put in there? I mean, just that alone is mind-blowing. So if you can make that, if you can think about that employee experience from the minute that someone first interacts with the organization, even before they're working for you, you are already showing people what your culture is like. So if you find out what your secret sauce is, what's special about your organization, is it coming across in your ads? Is it coming across in your interview questions or the stories? I hope you're telling stories during interviews so people can feel what it's like to work there on orientation. But to experience that, um, to look at just, don't even look at boiling the ocean, look at the simple processes that can stop the bleed right now. If we can lower turnover, we lower the need to recruit. I mean, that's a given, right? Less people leave, less people to hire. And yet, we do things, I was in an organization a few months ago, uh, I met a woman and I said, oh, how long have you worked here? And she looked really puzzled and confused and she said, a day or two days, I'm not really sure because yesterday was my first day in the job at orientation and no one ever told me when to come back. So I came back today thinking, maybe I'm supposed to be here, but I'm not really sure. And I thought, wow, how hard did these people try to hire this woman? She's hired now. She's eager enough that she came back the second day, but what if she didn't? Would we have said, oh, she ghosted us, she just didn't show up? So looking at something as simple, constantly I hear from employees and focus groups, you know what, I had my schedule when I came here. Before I came here, my first day, I knew what my schedule was. That was so important to me. You're making people feel valued before they're even in the door. Um, getting people excited to show up. People tell me there's a lot of ghosting that goes on. We hire someone, they don't show up. Well, how about sending them a video? 
It could be a video from a resident. It could be a video from the rest of their team saying we're so excited for you to come here on Tuesday and can't wait to all, all to meet you. Um, our new employees, we can do a lot with, with um, current employees. We can do a lot with current employees asking them for referrals from friends. Um, I, it's, tons of research shows it. I've experienced it myself in the work that I do over these last 10 years with organizations, um, specifically in aging services, that the best employees come from employee referrals. And if we know that, what are we doing to keep those employee referrals coming? And it's not a bonus. It's things like I'm saying to you, Lois, thank you for referring your friend, Denise. She's starting tomorrow, 9 o'clock. Why don't you come meet her at the front door? Or you know what? I'll treat you to lunch tomorrow. You guys decide what you want, and we'll order something in for the both of you. But something that's going to keep the person knowing what's happening with that, with that employee. Or she's coming in for an interview tomorrow. After I'm done with her, do you want to be the person to tour her around? Something that makes them feel valued and important for giving that employee referral. Money alone does not do that. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you uh, being here with us today. Um, this is Denise Boudreaux Scott, the president of Drive, and this is Lois Bowers, editor of McKnight Senior Living. Thanks for joining us for this McKnight Senior Living Newsmakers podcast at the American Healthcare Association and National Center for Assisted Living Convention and Expo. Thanks for listening to McKnight's Newsmakers podcast. We hope you'll join us again. 